0: Standing by, <laughs> <laughs> complete Greetings, Heroes of the Internet. I'm Travis, and I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes that are in their high-flying and high-kicking adventures.
1: In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider, episodes one and two. Episode 1, The Eerie Spider-Man, Kaiki Kumo Otoku. Takeshi Hongo is abducted by the evil organization Shocker and transformed into a cyborg in order to help them achieve their goal of conquering the world, of course. Before Shocker can brainwash Takeshi, he is rescued by Professor Midorikawa, and the two escape, only for them to be attacked by an agent of Shocker, the evil Spider-Man. Takeshi vows to hunt down and destroy the organization, using his new power and abilities as the bug-themed hero, Kamen Rider.
0: So... Here we are, the first episode of Common Rider. Nathan, what did you think? Oh, well, going into
1: this, I will confess, I had actually seen the first two episodes before we started doing this podcast. Actually, thanks to you, Travis. <laughs> because back when we were doing Kaiju Quarantine 3, we, you and I were the commentators. This was a big event we did in Discord for people. And, you know, we were screening movies and with our fellow podcasters and we were commentating over them. And then you and I did a Toku superhero double feature, one of which was Kamen Rider Zetto. I apparently is how you're actually supposed to say it.
0: Yeah. Which was a early.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which was an early 90s Kamen Rider movie. And I was just flipping out as I had never really seen anything Kamen Rider before. I was such a noob at that point. And you were going on about all these different things and how it actually tied back in terms of tropes and storytelling and all that to a lot of stuff in Common Writer. And you said that a couple of the monsters in there was this creepy giant spider lady and a bat creature. And you said that that actually is a Common Writer tradition. The first opponents that he has are a spider and a bat. So. After that event, I decided, you know what, common writers on Tubi, I'll watch the first couple episodes, see what it's like. So, <laughs> this was my second go with these episodes.
0: Yeah. So that yeah, that's that's uh, something that I think I want to uh, talk about here first. Um, this episode and kind of and the next one that we're going to talk about starts the trend of of spider villains and bat villains being kind of the the first two or at least two of the earliest villains that common writers fight now the not every common writer follows that trope but a lot of them do a lot of common writers mm-hmm. Therefore, I, I, I do
1: villains. want to start by saying this is I do want to start by saying this episode is the weirdest remake of Spider-Man I've ever seen. I mean, what happened here? We don't even have Peter Parker. And I'm guessing that the guy got bit by radioactive spider because it was made by shocker. Oh, wait, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's such a weird if, if you're coming from the idea of uh, or coming from, you know, a knowledge of Spider-Man. And this is like, oh, you hear the word Spider-Man. And it's like, wait a minute. Spider-Man's evil. Spider Man's a bad guy. He's a menace. <laughs> I tell you, he's a menace. He's a menace.
1: <laughs> Where's so, J. Jonah Jameson? We need him. He was right yeah. this whole time.
0: <laughs> so uh, I do want to talk about the, this uh, this first episode. So we get introduced to our to our hero Takeshi Hongo, and he is a a motorcycle riding. 20-something-year-old genius with an IQ yeah, of okay, 600.
1: <laughs> that threw me off really bad when I was watching this the first time. I'm like, what? 600? That makes him smarter than Tony Stark and Reed Richards put together. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that is not just... Genius level. That is superhuman genius level. I don't even think leader from Marvel Comics is that smart.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a number they just kind of threw out there. It's like, oh, he has an IQ of over 9,000.
1: <laughs> it's over 9,000. Yes, there you go.
0: <laughs> so, draw. <laughs> So uh, what I love about Kamen Rider, one of the reasons I really love Kamen Rider, even above things like Ultraman and even things above Super Sentai, um, is there is a level of horror that is in this series yes. that you don't get in like Ultraman or Super Sentai. Um, and if, if not some, always. If, if, yeah right yeah if 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 anybody is coming into this show and watching Kamen Rider for the first time I think they'll be very surprised at how different the tone is in this show compared to if they are familiar with things like Super Sentai Power Rangers or Ultraman because it is very unique it's very different and a big reason for that is uh sho- um, what's his name uh Shotaro Ishinomori the creator of mm. of this, um, he created things like Skull Man, and a few other things. Now,
1: which is funny because you say Skull Man to me, and I think of Mega Man because one of the bosses in Mega Man of Mega Man Four is named Skull Man.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And uh, but but Ishinomori he he was a manga artist and creator. Uh, he was uh, he also helped uh, work on Astro Boy uh, back in the day. Oh. So, with Tezuka yeah so he's had a pedigree like he has a pedigree of being working in the industry for a long time and Toei came to him and said we want to create a new tokusatsu superhero show and we want you to design it and so he helped create the kind of concept and idea behind uh Kamen Rider now he had already done if anybody's aware of anime he had already done uh Cyborg 009 at this point uh-huh. which is a, mm-hmm. a hugely influential uh manga and anime and one of the themes that ishinomori really likes to play with in all of his stuff that he's done if you've if you ever watch any of his stuff is the superhero is directly connected to the villain of some kind uh, somehow and mm-hmm. you definitely get that in common writer because common writer the the common writer himself was supposed to be an agent of shocker. He's supposed to be the bad guy, but Takeshi mm-hmm. was rescued before he was able to be converted fully into the bad guy. And so now he uses the, the powers that he was granted by the bad guys to fight the bad guys. And I think that's just a very interesting concept that, that was mm-hmm. very unique uh, at the time for these type of shows and it's very different mm-hmm. than something like Ultraman, where Ultraman is more like a Superman character. He's the ultimate good guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the this origin is very Marvel-esque. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a very sort of Marvel comic sort of origin that you would give a character connecting them to the villain and the, uh, you know, fighting an evil organization and things like that. You know, Common Writer is I think the way you had put it when you were originally conceptualizing this podcast was that Common Writer is more akin to a Spider Man in Japan, whereas Ultraman is a Superman because Ultraman in Japan is practically an institution. Ultraman is right. more popular than Godzilla. Now, that is how huge Ultraman is. He's this massive pop culture icon. But I think you actually said, in terms of product sales, uh, a common mm-hmm. writer is actually more popular. Just like how, in terms of pro again, in terms of product sales. Spider-Man is more popular in the United States, but he doesn't hold the pop culture icon status—not quite that Superman does. Just like Kamen Rider doesn't quite hold that in Japan compared to Ultraman.
0: Right. Yeah. And there, and there's a word that I, that I like that's used a lot for characters like this. It, it's ubiquitous. Uh, they're very ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. They're very uh, they're they're such a part of the zeitgeist. The 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 fabric of our pop culture that anyone anyone in america anyone in in a lot of countries but but uh, we're focused on america here uh can tell you things about superman because he is just such a part of our fabric of mm-hmm. our of our you know our yeah,
1: everybody knows that yeah everybody knows who clark kent is that he lives mm-hmm. in metropolis that he's from the planet krypton all of those things
0: right truth justice the american way everything like that mm-hmm. um not as many people would recognize or know spider-man as, you know or at least know as much or as well he hasn't as much as spider-man is beloved and is a hugely popular character he's not as ingrained in the fabric of the american culture and pop culture as mm-hmm. superman is mm-hmm. but for a long time and it's been a while uh, that spider-man ha- that it's been like this spider-man has sold more merchandise than any other superhero combined than mm-hmm. all of the other superheroes combined, Spider-Man has sold more merchandise. So, so obviously, Spider-Man is popular and is uh is, is sells well. And it's and it's like that, like you said in Japan, where Ultraman is this institution. He's ingrained into the fabric of uh, Japanese culture. Uh, another another you know example would be like Doctor Who in in England mm-hmm. in, in the UK uh he's just such a part of their pop culture but yet Kamen Rider is constantly outselling Ultraman in merchandise Kamen Rider outsells Super Sentai by a lot um so there Kamen Rider may not be a household name for a lot of people but he's absolutely a, a big deal and and so I I want to mm-hmm. make sure to get that across to anybody who's you know just getting into Common Rider for the first time that that this isn't this like this isn't a oh a throwaway weird obscure thing that very few people like no this is a huge deal and this is a this is like the Spider-Man of uh of Japan um we've even talked about how like uh there's been some there's been some planets that were named after uh the, I know yeah it was like, crazy there,
1: when I Told me about that.
0: Yeah, in astronomy, there was two exoplanets that were named. One was named after Shotaro Ishinomori, uh, and the creator, and one was named after uh the oh no wait one was named after Hiroshi Fuji- Fujioka, who is the actor who played this original common writer, and the other one was named after the common writer himself. Uh, and so yeah, it was it's really cool. It just shows how mm-hmm. big of an impact this this show had. Um, I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the theme song. Because that <laughs> I, theme song I, I, it gets stuck in your head.
1: It does. Uh, I gotta <laughs> admit, after only just watching a couple of episodes in preparation for the show, it was oh my gosh, I was started calling it the meme theme because it just would not leave. And I will admit. I must confess, as someone who is used to things like the Power Ranger theme and some of the more modern Henshin Hero themes that are more rock-based and more modern-sounding, it takes a little bit for me to get used to some of these older themes, but once I get used to them, I find myself really enjoying them and so the first time I heard the common rider theme it didn't quite resonate with me but then after I wa- I listened to it a-, a couple more times after that I'm like okay this is really catchy and it's kind of fun <laughs> right
0: uh... <laughs> Rider <laughs> kick. Uh, we, yeah. I, personally, come I think out of all in, the writers... common rider, 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 Rider. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to sing it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I understand. I think personally, out of all the ones that I've heard, I think I think the theme for Common Rider Black RX is my favorite so far. But the, you can't go wrong with the classic. I mean, they even brought it back in Masked Rider the first which was a, mm-hmm. a reboot movie from the, the late two thousands. Uh, they played a little bit of it at the beginning and it was a wonderful callback. So it, it's an icon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And it was sung by the, the actor, uh, at least for the first few episodes, it was sung by the actor Hiroshi Fujioka, who was playing Kamen Rider. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a nice little Easter egg there. Uh Mm-hmm. What are some, and what, it was what's, composed
1: by Shunsuke uh, 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 Kikuchi,
0: who uh-huh, has done yeah.
1: a whole slew of stuff. You know, he's done anime. He did some Gamera movies uh, mm-hmm. and more tokusatsu shows. He's done so much. And unfortunately, he is no longer with us. He died about a month or so ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. he. It was just fairly recently as of recording this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to talk a little bit about your thought uh what are what's some of your favorite moments from this episode
1: oh man the the fights are definitely energetic the you you do have to get used to the fact that this is that it, it's low budget it's certainly if you're used to the newer tokusatsu shows you might think this common writer show looks a bit cheap but once it was you get cheap. over that you just gotta get, <laughs> yeah yeah but once you, once you get settled into that It's okay, And the fights are very energetic. There's uh, there's a lot of a great choreography in this and wild camera angles. You can definitely tell that the the way that they shot the fight scenes in this is very prototypical of what we would later see in, say, Power Rangers. There's a lot of shades of what would later be Mm -hmm. used in it because, again, Super Sentai was made by Toei
0: yeah yeah and uh and that's one thing so the fight scenes in this are so much better. if you're coming from Ultraman and you're watching this I love the fight scenes in Kamen Rider so much more than Ultraman because Ultraman tends to be just grappling and wrestling um because you know he's Ultraman is fighting kaiju guys in big rubber suits so he's not necessarily doing a lot of you know acrobatic kicks and flips and stuff and and throwing them around the way that you see in something like this where he's fighting human beings Mm -hmm.
1: now the newer ultra series started expanding off of that and you know it wasn't just grappling and wrestling but I kind of wonder uh, if that might have actually been because of the influence of Kamen Rider because there is a definite shift in what Ultraman was doing after Common Writer hit the scene, so like if you go from Return of Ultraman, which was the show that was contemporary with Common Writer when it launched, and then you look at Ultraman Ace, which was the first one after that, there's a massive shift, and Common Writer had a huge influence on that. Uh, you know, another thing that I really like again going go, that goes with the marvelness of this is the the weight of the fear that Hongo fears. I mean, let me start that over. And that's the weight and fear of the transformation that has been foisted upon Hongo. He wrestles with that so much. It's a burden for him being a superhero, (laughs) is not necessarily great for him because of how it came about. Again, a very Marvel thing to do. It's a much more naturalistic by comparison to something like Ultraman, which was what distinguished Marvel comics from DC comics
0: right yeah yeah uh that's one of the things i love about spider-man and and because i'm a huge spider-man fan is spider-man I, I think even in the cartoon from the 90s there's a there's a moment in an episode where someone asks, you know who of you would give up your power you know and be just a normal person talking to all these like super oh it was the beyonder yeah yeah the beyonder and and spider-man steps up he says me He's like, I never wanted to be a superhero. I never wanted this life. He's like, this is just, this is my responsibility because it's my, it's the power that I have, but I never wanted it. And it's, and you get that in Common in Rider too. Like he never wanted this. He was, you know, he was just living his life and now he was forced to be something that he doesn't want to be. But yet now that he has this power, he has the responsibility to use it.
1: Mm Hmm. mm Hmm. mm -hmm. And like you said, it's it's very scary. the The surgery scene is a little bit horrifying, especially since in these earlier episodes, the the Shocker agents all have wild makeup, and Mm -hmm. even their scientists and doctors do. The monsters are really creepy in this. They're called kaijin because they're not giant sized, but they're strange more human-sized monsters and then you have uh, after a few episodes i started calling them the fishnet squad
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: these yeah. three women will look weird and scary <laughs> i don't yep. even know what they do
0: <laughs> yeah they're they're great uh the villain in this episode and, uh, and
1: everybody in shocker loves to kind of creepily giggle
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> they all do. it's it, it's a yeah. thing It's a thing.
0: (laughs) It's a thing. I really enjoyed, um, Hongo's first transformation scene, when he first fully yeah. transforms into the Common Rider, uh, it's such a great. He's on the motorcycle. The motorcycle kind of transforms to, and then he he you know gets into you know he the suit forms around him, and then you get this moment where and, and it's in every episode uh, or like you know the ones that we we're going to be talking about for a while, but you get these like rotoscoped speed lines they're kind of like drawn yes. in frame over him. Uh, it's,
1: it's it's actually very anime-esque in a way.
0: Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. And so yeah, there's 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 a lot of style in this show. That even in the early episodes where obviously it's very cheap, it's very low budget because they were just starting out, they had no idea if this was going to succeed. They obviously had a style and a in a in a mood that was unique and you can see why it Took off the way it did,
1: and the and the other thing that I think that is actually kind of cool, and it took me a few episodes to figure this out, but that original Kamen Rider costume design is actually modeled after motorcycle racers Mm because his uh, his mask looks like a helmet; it's shaped a bit like a helmet. the The scarf, oh, the scarf is a wonderful flourish. I gotta say, he doesn't have a cape, but he has that scarf. And it's wonderful. And the, that sort of design aesthetic, having a hero with a cape, well, not a cape, but with a scarf, you see in other things. Beautiful Joe has a scarf. Uh, there was a game on the PS2 called Shinobi, where it was a ninja character, and he had a really long scarf that just flew all over the place while you were running around killing bad guys. You know, so that had an influence on stuff that came later.
0: Yeah. And it, so well, it the costume. Also- it's... It's freakishly simple,
1: but it works.
0: Yeah, and uh, also the scarf motif... Continues through a lot of Common Rider uh, series moving forward. That that's that is something that keeps coming back. It's not in every series, but it does come back a few times. Uh, is that scarf? So yeah, it's it's great. It's it, There's something visually striking about the Common that first Common Rider costume that you can definitely see why it's it really struck a chord with kids and why they wanted to buy the the belts and wanted to buy. The toys and they mm-hmm. kind of, you know, and 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 the we talked about earlier the merchandise, how common Rider merchandise sells outsells uh Ultraman stuff. The belts are the main thing in the 70s when they <laughs> produced the belt, uh, for kids to play, those went gangbusters. Kids loved the, the belt and they could wear the belt and and pretend that they were common writer and they could henshin shin mm-hmm. and transform and mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, yeah.
1: although. It's funny that you bring that up, because if anyone like me, you go into this with a, you know, a little bit of knowledge of what some of the tropes of common Rider are, you know, like the, you know, the posing, then transforming, saying Henshin, all that. You don't get all of that in that first episode.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, you don't, That's something you don't get it until thing, like, though. you don't get it until way down the line. And we will talk about it when it gets when it gets down the line. Uh So. Yeah yeah uh definitely i think this is a this is an episode if you if 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 you watch it if you're if you're a fan of things like ultraman power ranger super sentai and you watch this it's definitely going to be a lower budget you're going to see the seams but i think that the, the the how different and how unique of the style it is will get you to keep coming back for more
1: Episode 2 The Terrifying Batman, Kyofu Komori Otoku. Takeshi Hongo continues participating in races even after being transformed into a cyborg with the hopes of winning world races. Meanwhile, the Batman is sent out to infect the world with its virus in order to bolster the number of people working for the Shocker organization. So this is the weirdest version of Batman ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So we've had Spider-Man, now we've had Batman. Um... <laughs>
1: yeah, what the heck happened here? Did Shocker actually arrange to kill Bruce Wayne's parents, and then later down the line they turned him into Batman or Man Bat, depending on what they. Think. The fiends.
0: <laughs> yeah, this so- is what
1: secret. You man, yeah. <laughs> the Illuminati shockers. You're like, Oh my gosh, you guys are too nasty. Even for us. I mean, that is completely <laughs> not, what. it is. but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> So
1: <laughs> okay. although I will admit it would have been funny if we could have done, you know, if I was to do a parody of this or something like that, I might actually have had, you know, the you know the the Batman play do that with common writer, you know, grab him by the scarf or something like it. it's just like I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman. Although interestingly, just a couple of years before this, we had very similar Batman in Latitude Zero, which was a Toho film. <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah we did oh i'm trying to get situated with my microphone sorry so that's all right so let's um let's talk about how different this is compared to what uh american audiences might be familiar with for kids shows because there's (laughs) there's some um there's some stuff that I don't know would make it onto an, an American kids show. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: blood sucking and gore
0: for the kids. Yeah. For the kids. I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing super bad. Like it, like it's, it's, but there is a moment where some bad guys get thrown off a building and they show blood on the pavement. Um, so. Well,
1: more like, it's more like they, they, Splatter ketchup on the screen.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's weird,
1: dialized, but you get what they're doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, what did you think? We didn't talk about it because I didn't want to. Well, I guess we're gonna spoil it. But the spoiler for last episode. Spoiler if nobody's is if you're planning on watching it after we talk about it. But the the professor gets killed by the. by the spider-man in the last episode and now mm. his daughter Ruruki, ruroki no Rurik- uh, ruriko, uh, ruriko ruriko uh believes that hongo takeshi uh has killed her father what do you which think is actually
1: that? a great setup i like this idea and i kind of wish it lasted longer <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, spoiler for the next episode. Uh well, I mean it's at the end of this episode, but it moves into the next episode. Uh that gets resolved fairly quickly. Uh, but yeah, I wish yeah. it was, I wish it was, it stuck around for a little bit longer because it felt, again, very Marvel-esque. The idea of, you know, you killed my father. I, you know, you're the, you're supposed to be the prepare superhero. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, prepare to die. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> I my am Eagleman. You killed my Cole. father. But yeah, it it, it fits in, and and the fact that that Takeshi actually like lets her believe that, like, is not necessarily trying to disprove it because he's like, no, you know, I this is my burden to bear because I didn't protect her father.
1: Well, also, it might have been a little at at that point, it might have been a little difficult to explain. Yo, know, it's like, so the truth is a mutant Spider Man from a secret society bent on world domination is who actually killed your father. Yeah, that's gonna go over well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some vampire people in this. Uh they're not vampires, and they're fat the people, bad but they have man is yeah, and so there's some some people that have uh teeth that protrude out they're trying to inject a virus into uh into other people Uh, it seems weirdly weirdly timely (laughs) well yeah 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 they don't this is one of the
1: weirdest variations on a vampire i've ever seen because again this is you probably have to attribute this to the budget because i don't know where those fangs came from they're not like canines like how we would normally picture vampires they stick straight out of the mouth and they're what was what it probably was is that these were little prosthetics that were just glued to the ins uh to the insides of the actor's mouths and they would just mm-hmm. point straight out it's really yeah. strange but the idea is that they can just walk up to people and basically just poke them straight in the neck with that Yeah, you know, right. they don't have to angle it or anything so they're uh they, it, they, I, they look like I, I tusks. It, they're not yeah, they're more like tusks. They're in there or uh, syringes. I think that's the idea is that they're injecting right. the virus into people and making more vampires.
0: Yeah. So, um, so so what are some uh stuff that you like about this uh this episode? Uh, well, one of the
1: things that I grew to appreciate, even though I didn't really like it in the first episode, and it's something that, as the series, at least in the episodes I've seen so far, it starts becoming less and less because it's a little bit of a it's a little bit lazy, I would say, and that is, but then I realized that it's actually kind of like a comic book because, or at least a comic book of the time when that was the, the narrator keeps butting in and giving exposition where it's needed because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we didn't explain this, so we're uh, here's some narration to take care of it, some voiceover narration. But then I realized that's actually kind of like a comic book at the time where you would they would Mm -hmm. be narrative caption boxes that would remind you of, you know, like this is this character and he has these powers and, you know, and all of these things, or he can actually do this, you know, again, it's it's a very Marvel.
0: Yeah. It's also a thing of, uh, of television shows, even, even here in America, that was a a thing that existed because like you watch the 1966 Batman and the, the uh, narrator would come on and, and, you know, give you information and stuff all the time. So, Yeah, you get that in a lot of TV shows from the era that this is from.
1: Mm -hmm. It's just one of those style choices that you have to get used to.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, and thankfully it doesn't Uh, stay in... uh, Beyond that, I also like
1: mm mm-hmm. uh, Beyond that, I, I like the idea, and because it's a wonderful complication. I actually have played around with this in in one of my novels, actually, my first novel, Pandora's Box. And that is Hongo doesn't want to fight the other vampire people because he just sees them as victims. Now, they're being used to do terrible things, but he's like, I'm not hurting these people because mm-hmm. they're victims, victim. And I'm guessing he probably feels a little bit of a kinship because he's a victim of Shocker. He's just trying to use his powers... To do good, but what are these people going to be able to do with being right. vampires? You know, probably, know yeah, a whole lot. And he's also scared because so, you know,
0: so early on mm-hmm. one of them dies and uh, he wasn't able to save her, and so he's like, I, I want to make sure that this doesn't happen again,
1: mm hmm. Yeah, so th- that's great, but when he actually confronts the Batman, I there is no mercy <laughs> for no, the no. Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, no and and actually one no, of no. my well yeah i i really like the fight between common writer and the batman i think that was a great uh, again we talked about the fights in the first episode but but like the 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 stunt choreography is so good in in this show and you and it only improves as episodes keep going
1: mm-hmm Um, Yeah, especially with all of these unique monsters that we get every week and which is just astonishing to think they were cranking out this many monsters all the time
0: oh yeah oh yeah and and that's the thing it's like oh yeah this we think this is low budget but you have to remember they are making this week to week and they are producing a lot uh in a very Mm -hmm. short amount of time so uh yeah you kind of excuse some of the um some of the low budget look to it. That being said, the Batman. Oh man, his his. Uh...
1: <laughs> I gotta say, out of the the first batch of episodes that I watched, hmm, the Batman mask is the roughest, and it it's something uh, that I started asking myself as I was watching. Is like, how literal do I need to take these costumes? I find myself asking that. It's like, am I supposed to believe this was a guy who was once human that is now half bat? Or am I to believe he saw, he was enhanced by shocker and he wears a crazy costume?
0: Yeah, the way with the that Batman, the... I don't know. <laughs> right. Cause you think about it, Common Rider is that. He's he is just Takeshi Hongo. And then the suit forms around him. And even they even say it in the He's show. He's not that the suit literally
1: is. half grasshopper.
0: <laughs> right. So maybe these all are the same thing. That they're not actually like flesh and bone. They're just a suit that forms around them. Uh, that being said, I do, I will warn you that there is a few that is coming up later on in the series as we get to it that, oh boy, they look a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pictures. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to
1: give some credit to uh, Subaraya with this. The at this point, I think they were doing a little bit better with their uh, monster suits. I'm just saying now Kamen Rider is a very different sort of style. I get it. But I've also seen stuff from later Kamen Rider series and movies that is it uh, improves substantially. So like, you know, like I mentioned, mass Rider the first, which was that reboot movie. And it basically is a remake of this series in movie mm-hmm. form. And the costumes are uh, mind you. It had, you know, it's been thir- almost 40 years later at that point, but the costumes are much better realized and they are literally supposed to be people who are mutated. That is right. very clearly established.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you, you definitely you get better ones. I mean, you get better ones almost um almost immediately after this first series. Like the next series in V3, the suits start getting better. So, so like it is it is one of those things that just came with the fact that this was new. They didn't know how much budget to put into it. They didn't know if it was going to succeed and they didn't know, you know, what to do with it and so it just kind of you know it, it has a rough start just like a lot of things but but then you get to like we we talked about earlier uh or or no it was in in the previous our previous recording but uh zetto our, our common writer Zio, mm-hmm. it, depending on how you want to say it uh and the monsters in that wow oh my
1: god so I, but you know it's K- Amamiya, but it's K- to right. amamiya so
0: <laughs> it, right exactly yeah yeah and they use the combination of stop motion for some of them and everything so it's like yeah so so do you, don't i i hope that anybody who's just getting into common rider and watches this and they don't i don't paint the entire franchise with the brush of this first couple of episodes but look at the tone and the storytelling that's in it. Like, like the, like mm-hmm. we were talking about how like the there's, there's a, almost a horror element to it. Like, you know, the there's, there's some very scary moments in it. And then the, and but also some of the, some of the, some depth to the characters, like, you know, the fact that Takeshi mm-hmm. is, is carrying the weight of this burden of being a, 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 a cyborg superhero. Now he doesn't want to, to do it but he has to because he has to mm-hmm. stop people from getting hurt and stuff so it, it is mm-hmm. it is uh lo- when you look at that you can definitely see why the show became so popular
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. especially when he realizes yeah. i have to be the one to stop the guys who did this to me because i yeah. don't want them doing that to other people and that's basically what's happening they are for they are forcibly transforming other people so they can add to their army
0: mm-hmm yeah yeah so uh there's a few moments in this episode but i have them in my uh in my uh, the awards. awards the awards section so so uh, let's, let's move on to the awards <laughs> yeah yeah so uh what we're going to do is give a couple of awards out to scenes and moments in the episodes both episodes that we covered in this in this um podcast recording uh so the first award we're going to give out is our Hinshin kick which is our best <laughs> stunt award so nathan what is your best stunt your Hinshin kick award winner
1: that would go to the rider
0: throw,
1: you know, because common Rider is like an anime character he has to shout the names of his attacks. And this is what he uses to kill the Batman. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. So that is an an amazing moment. And I I wanted to talk about it earlier, but I knew it was in your awards. When he throws the Batman off the roof and and, uh, the Batman hits the pavement and just splatters. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, and then, and they represent this by just throwing red paint at the camera lens.
0: <laughs> it's right, so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, my award, my Henshin Kick award, goes to the Rider Kick in the first episode that we covered, which uh, I didn't one. realize it was the Rider Kick. Yeah, <laughs> because, because I was he waiting doesn't... for him to say it. Yeah, he doesn't shout it in the first episode, but it's there, and it is the first appearance of the writer kick. And that is a thing that continues on through pretty much every common writer series moving forward. The writer kick is his biggest finishing move. The, the most common writer. Mm-hmm, yeah. Use. And
1: uh, for those who don't know, the writer kick is basically the, the, the writer. A lot of times he's doing it from the air. So he'll jump at the enemy and then he'll stick out one of his legs and just do this crazy flying kick or a dive yes. kick. If you're playing a flying kick. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And that,
0: that is becomes how he the, the eerie Spider Man. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. all right and then on to our explode
1: of course they will because why not (laughs) right
0: yeah yeah moving on to our talking toku which is our best special effects we we named this after tokusatsu which is the japanese word for special effects or special filmmaking uh so uh what is your Favorite special effect from the from these two? Episodes. Yeah,
1: we, we were on the same page with this one, but it's the uh, dissolving mm-hmm. effect. Which I will admit, at first, I wasn't a huge fan of it because it just looks. I can see okay. the seams really on that. Okay, but uh,
0: so the way that they did, I appreciate
1: the viciousness of it.
0: The way that they did this dissolving effect is a they would they would uh superimpose and kind of dissolve one scene uh one film. uh one scene into the other so you had the 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 character would lay on the on the ground and then they would dissolve away into a scene with foam uh uh with like soap foam and then the soap foam would disappear kind of because they they filmed it backwards of them like Mm -hmm. you know shooting soap foam the idea of them reversing the film and pulling the foam back into the you know into the ground is what it looks like it's just kind of like being sucked into the ground is really mm-hmm. neat i like that scene i like that i like the way they did it and i also have to point out that uh tenet did the reverse uh camera thing and they won an oscar <laughs> so don't complain about this it's one when they do it <laughs> i know that it, is very true <laughs> uh so uh, uh, and then our next award, yeah yes so the next award is coming which is our best line of dialogue so what is your favorite line of dialogue from these two episodes
1: well i will admit it may not be the snappiest line in it but uh, for me i was connecting it to actually something historical and if you were into kaijun tokusatsu something very relevant and that is from hongo in episode two he says let me be the last victim of of shocker and I'm probably reading into it and stretching it a little bit, but I kind of think that this actually harkens back to a fellow named Kubo Yama Akaichi, who was the member of the lucky dragon number five crew who died because of the effects of the castle Bravo test, which eventually led to the inspiration of Godzilla in 1954 and he was quoted as saying he was the one crew member who died very soon after the event and he said i hope that i am the last victim of the nuclear bomb
0: yeah yeah uh which uh unfortunately he wasn't uh, but yeah uh my line my favorite line uh has more to do with the significance of in within the series uh it's the line mm-hmm. from the narrator that says when wind spins the turbine in cyborg takeshi hongo's belt he transforms into common rider which is really interesting because later on in common rider in other common rider series you don't get the turbine thing that that is a that is something specific to this series and most of them will do like a pose or some kind of like you know uh dance or whatever you want to call it to transform whereas hongo Takeshi, he has to get that turbine spinning in his in his uh in his belt which is such an interesting idea because then it makes sense why he rides the motorcycle to transform because he has to build up the Mm -hmm. wind now we also see later on that he doesn't he can use any kind of wind power to turn that turbine it doesn't have to be just the motorcycle but it is just something that i think is very mm-hmm. neat because that is something that you only see in this series of Common rider the rest of the time it is mm-hmm. the belt is still the source of power but it is it's not a turbine in it that's turning
1: mm-hmm. i think honestly it's a it's a great limitation on his powers i think you know so he can't mm-hmm. just immediately become the superhero when he has to fight shocker goons, or he has to find a way to get the turbine to spin or something like that, having read
0: ahead. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into your favorite uh, award, which is WTH. <laughs> what the Henshin? <laughs> yeah.
1: And for me, it's, uh, it's Miho's sudden fang attack in episode two. And that's the girl that we see get caught by the Batman. In the first episode of episode two, and then it goes to a scene where Hongo is practicing for a big race, and she just walks up to him and just goes blah.
0: <laughs> well, she goes oh, in man, like he's he, tries to he bite him and he freaks she out. Goes and he just in for her a kiss. away. She goes in for a kiss, and he <laughs> thinks she's going to kiss his neck. And so he's kind of like, and, and, and even his mentor, which we didn't talk about, we'll talk about in the next episode, his mentor, because I do want to yes. talk about him. But even his mentor is like, ooh, ooh la la, she's going to give you a kiss on the neck. And all of a sudden, ching, here comes the fangs. And he's like, no, and pushes her away. <laughs> it's just
1: what and then my runner-up although it becomes less a thing in the later episodes from what i've seen and that was it seemed like the shocker goons could literally appear at any time out of nowhere
0: (laughs) yeah 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 i almost put the 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 fishnet girls in my WTH <laughs> squad. <laughs> yeah, the fishnet squad uh, in there because they are a WTH of like, what the heck are they even doing? What the Henshin are they up to? Because uh, they just they, they show <laughs> up, they giggle and then they don't do anything very well, they don't do much. Um, but no, my my what the Henshin award goes to the scene where the Batman is hanging upside down in the beginning of episode two in the apartment. It That is such a... a People talk about how in Batman versus Superman, one of the one of the probably one of the best scenes in that movie, because I don't like that movie, is when the police are shining the lights around and then they shine it in the corner and there's just Batman just sitting there in the corner and then he just monkeys out of the room. And it's and that's what this felt like because it's just them shining the light around and then all of a sudden there's there's the Batman and he's hanging upside down and he's you know there and it's so cool
1: yeah it's wild
0: <laughs> uh so we can move on to the last little bit uh that we're going to cover which is our minute to hinsnet this is where we take just one minute to explain wh- what are we gonna explain I'll let you explain it <laughs> our final thoughts. <laughs> our final thoughts, our final thoughts. Okay. Okay. Let's do it again. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Right, that, That's go. good. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So, so minute to hinch in it, Nathan, you have one minute to explain to me what was, what, 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 are your final thoughts on the, on this, these first two episodes?
1: All right. I got the timer going as we speak. So uh, again, like I said, I'd seen these episodes before uh, watching them again. I actually have a greater appreciation ...for this show. And it's a really solid start. I think it establishes a lot of things that you'll end up seeing... ...later on in the franchise as you have been educating me... ...and the rest of our listeners, Travis, which is much appreciated. And I gotta be honest, I'm surp- I'm a little bit surprised I'm saying this. I enjoyed it more than I thought. And I am really looking forward to seeing more. I am quite invested in Hongo and his story, which admittedly i might find myself getting a little bit disappointed because i've heard about some of the stuff that happens later on in this series but i'm along for this ride
0: nice all right so uh now i'm gonna give my final thoughts here in my minute to Hin it uh I've already kind of explained my final thoughts uh, earlier on of why I think this show is so much fun, why I really appreciate the the tone and everything that it has, and how different it is from all the other Japanese shows. If you're familiar with other Japanese superhero shows, so instead of rehashing all of that, I'm just gonna say, "Come in, Rider! Come in, Rider! 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 Kick!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got another 30 seconds to keep karaokeing If you karaoke,
0: even if you want, oh no, no, that's all right, that's all right. Uh,
1: but space, you, know? like, you want to bank that time? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me, Travis, on the Kaiju Weekly Podcast, and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes. And until next week all right heroes go henshin
1: one for the gipper